Pixel Sift is proudly sponsored by Audible. Audible is the premier audiobook store where you can pick up great books from a stack of different authors and readers. One of the best things about audiobooks and podcasting is you can get inside the minds of the people who make the things you enjoy, such as the comedian and actor Aziz Ansari as he reads his book Modern Romance, where he digs into the way that people date in the 21st century, or Australian historian David Hunt as he reads the unofficial history of Australia in his book Gert. If you're too busy to pick up a paperback, why not try a free audiobook on us? Head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash pixelsift to grab a free book from one of the 180,000 titles that you can choose. You can play them on anything that has a headphone port or a speaker, and you can support Pixelsift while you're at it. So that's audibletrial.com forward slash pixelsift. <laughs> Hey there, welcome to Pixel Sift episode 66 live at Oz Comic Con Perth 2017. My name is Gianni. On the other end of the table in the yellow shirt, we've got Mitch and he's struggling with a microphone. Yeah, this is totally on, isn't it? You're getting it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And joining us today, we're actually going to be talking all about the creative process. Uh, We're joined by uh, three fantastic people from the WA creative scene. Uh, to my right, or is it? Yeah, to my right is Soph Mather from Stirfire, formerly of SK Games. We've got Hien Pham, uh, freelance comic artist extraordinaire, um, and and Oscar Britton as well, who does amazing culturally relevant games uh, about the West Australian uh, scene. Loves uh, the Frio stuff, so yeah. Basically, today we're going to be asking a little bit uh, about why you're inspired to make things and to create things. Um, but first up, though, I, I wonder if you guys could kind of tell uh, us a little bit about who you are, how you came to do what you do, and yeah, go from there. So, who wants to kick us off? Hien, you're looking excited. Is it on? It is, is it on? Yes, yeah, it is go. on. It. Sorry. Um, Hi everybody, my name is Hien. Uh I originally came from Vietnam, I am a comic artist, I've always drawn comics. I also do games, QA and just games in general. And that's about it. I come to the shows every single year just to shove my art in front of um, professional artists' face and, yell at, and tell them to yell at me about what I do wrong. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> and you're also going to be here to tell us all about why you make the stuff you do. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. I, okay, just give me five minutes. Yeah, and okay. we'll, we'll get you back to it. Okay. What have so, you made? What have you made? I have made nothing that made me money yet. <laughs> but um, I've made a few just pitches I've sent to publishers. I have gotten into one anthology that will be coming up. Um, but otherwise, a lot of my things will be up on my portfolio, which if anybody interested, they can look at the screens there or just come talk to me afterwards. No worries. Yeah, we got some of your art actually up on the screens right now. Yay, thank you. <laughs> so, how about you? Uh, well, I um, fell into the games industry through a really good friend of mine and went on this really weird adventure making um, weird arcade games and throwing parties which taught me a lot about the creative process and what I like to get from it. And then somehow got poached by um, a really amazing um, creative game team, Stirfire. And now I kind of 
yeah, do more game stuff. And it's kind of been an interesting ride, but um, I'm learning things every day and it's really exciting. So, yeah, that's what I do. And Oscar, you've, uh, you've, you've left uni now. Yeah, into, how did in, you know that? Oh, look, I stalked the hell out of you. I, you, work, you just work at Centrelink, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you should see him just when we're planning Pixel Sip. It's like, oh, what's Oscar up to? Oh, yes. What's, what's Oscar <laughs> doing today, hey? His lunch yeah. looks good today. Um, My lunch looks good. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the sort of stuff that you do. Uh, well, I make games. Um, which is why you're here. Which is why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I make video games just, yeah, by myself with other people and um, I made a game called World's Fastest Pizza that was my first game on Steam and that's up and you can buy it right now please buy it right now <laughs> and the link is and the link is I don't know the Steam links are weird yeah but they yeah they need to work that out the URLs suck you can't just say the URL um, yeah and I'm working on another game now that in the next couple of weeks, there will be like a demo out that people can play and a trailer, but it's all under wraps at the moment. And yeah, I've made a whole bunch of like free games that were all based on different Australian things. There's the Bachelor Deathmatch, which yes, like I've had so many people tell me I should just call it the Death Matchler, Yeah. which I didn't occur to me at the time. Um, and I made Centrelink Simulator, which we showed at, at PAX and someone like, wrote an article about it being like oh I came to PAX looking for Australian games and this was the one I found um, mentioned the Pauline Hanson one. Oh yeah and I made Pauline Hanson Simulator which is what? which is inc- yeah you, you haven't seen that one? you should play it it's really why don't we good. have footage of that? Mitch you're going to spend a bit more time stalking Oscar and then you'd know exactly what's going on yeah. well you don't have footage of it because like Pauline Hanson it looks like shit and it's really simple <laughs> sick burn yeah yeah, so right. what, what we're trying to discover today, because obviously you all do very different sort of things in the games industry and creative industry, um, what sort of things uh, inspire you to make something? So, for example, Oscar, let's start with the Pauline Hansen simulator. Why did you want to make that? I can't remember what she said. It was, she said something. She said, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was like the day after she'd said something insane and I was just like, oh, I'll jump on this and I'll make some crazy game. And then, yeah, and that was it. <laughs> and it was just didn't, yeah. And that's kind of the beauty of games as well, is like if something wacky happens in your day, you can be like, well, I can create something with this. And Oscar's like the number one person for doing that. I, I don't do that, but it's like, you know, it, that, it's the kind of medium that is, yeah, quite good for that, I think. I mean, that's kind of also the same for comics as well. The one, for example, the one thing I do very often every single day is lose my goddamn pencil, which I made into my business card, I made into a one-page comic, and probably gonna sell it at Supernova as well. It's like, it's, it's well, something simple, but it inspires something more. Like, we could extend it into something really silly and makes people happy. Or do something like, this gonna make a point, for example, Paul and Hansen stuff, which was amazing soundtrack. I really love that, I played it many times. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's about extending the simplest of idea and stretching as far as you can and see how you can go with that. Do you feel like when you're actually making games and, and doing this sort of thing that having such a simple concept like that is, is really valuable and that's a good way to, you know, to start? If people are maybe thinking about making their first game, is that a good way to, to look at it? Um, I think that, yes, 
it's having a really simple core idea is always good. Like for example, even just from my comic stuff, um, one of the most common advice I've gotten uh, from a portfolio reviews is that always start with a short story first, because you know, for a simple idea, you 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 can end it you know, really simply, and that's a really good thing that to finish things before moving on to bigger things. And I think that's what having a really simple idea helps. So how do you how do you zero in on that one idea that you're going to say, all right, I have an idea. Pauline Hanson says something stupid. When do you think it becomes a production and like a project? Like two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I, that game was literally. I that, I think. Yeah. I like to set like deadlines and things for myself and just like a window and that was two hours so I wanted to make that game in two hours so that's all that was. Um, and then, yeah, something like that. It's, it's tough working out. Sometimes you spend, I spent like six months on a game once and then I, I w went away for like two weeks on holiday and I came back and was like, this is shit and I just got rid of it and I think more important more important than knowing what a good idea is, is knowing what a bad idea is. So, yeah, like, that's when you des decide when to stop doing something rather than when to start doing something. Because you should try everything, you know? This is coming from a man that made Pauline Han a game out of Pauline Hansen. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, that's when I should have stopped. <laughs> Oscar, you work by yourself mostly unless you're doing sort of game jam stuff. How do you kind of work out if you've got a good idea or a bad idea? How do you, how do you bounce it off other people or do you just go, mm, nah? Oh, man, when I find out, I'll let you know. I don't know. <laughs> if it offends Ian, it's usually a bad idea. Oh, yeah. all of the ideas. Yeah. No. Well, no. I thought Pauline Hanson might, this is going to offend so many people and you were cool with it. So it, there you I mean, go. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Well, yeah. Oh no. Let's just talk about the creative process, shall we? Uh, we could we could take it off stage back at the after party Let's or something. Ask her about her creative process. Yeah. Uh, so f before you were at Stirfire, you worked for SK Games, and you did a lot of really interesting uh, stuff with controllers and control schemes, and just kind of changing the way that sort of people think about games. How did you come up with the ideas that you did for that? You know, you've got some really interesting ones. And feel free to tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you guys have worked on. Um. Okay, well, I guess uh, me and Lou had known each other a long time. So there was a, a lot of trust there, which I think in a creative process, if you're teaming up with people, you do need that. Um, you know, you need to trust each other, I guess. But uh, I guess, you know, someone would come up with the idea... And it was very mixed on who the like you know the initial concept would come from. Um, from my point of view, I got like if someone had an idea, I'd get really excited about the idea, and I'd want to. I was kind of like an enabler, like I'd want to, um, yeah, just what can we do to make this the best idea ever or the stupidest idea ever? Which often with SK ended up being you know that. I mean, with I mean, Catnips was a game that came out. Um, that most people know, if they know SK, they know the, the Catnips game, which was, you know, that just came about chatting amongst ourselves, um, or, you know, late one night, and we were just making jokes, and then someone said, uh, isn't it funny how, like, you know, the controllers on an Xbox controller kind of look like nipples? And it escalated, the conversation escalated, and then we decided to make a game from that because we were all about controllers. Like, we wanted to make um, interactive experiences um, with physical controllers and make people uncomfortable or laugh or whatever. And we did that 
with both aspects with catnips. And then when they brought me that idea, I was just like, oh, what can I do with this? And, um, and so I, I personally wanted to just, they were going to make this game. And I'm like, no, if we're going to make these cats, these cats have to make people feel weird and just, you know, it's, yeah. So I, I, I really like, yeah, that aspect of it. Um, what was the question? I can't remember the question now. <laughs> I've, I've played catnips and mission accomplished. I felt weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that great. that was like when we did Bush Bash, which was um, a, a really Australianana kind of racing game. I wanted them to feel really dirty and like you know, just kind of like I am in an, this old beat up car, and you are literally sitting in an old bit beat up car when you play this game. And it's just like I wanted to make it as immersive as possible. So creatively, that's the angle I went for. But it was always um, working with other people from their ideas, or I might have an idea too, and. Um, and then they'd help me get there. But, yeah, I don't know. Does that, did that answer the question? Yeah. All right, cool. Sophie, yeah. when you're working with Louis, would you say that your ideas get escalated? <laughs> that was very niche pun. I'm sorry. Okay. No one Thank has ever made that now. pun before. I'm so happy. <laughs> that was the yeah. last Pixel Civ ever. This is it. He, 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 yeah. he ends here all week, guys. Check out, check out the comics. Um, yeah, you said something um, really interesting there, talking about working in a team and kind of bouncing ideas off people. Um, for, I mean, you're in a big team now, Soph, working on a game that's just about to, just about to come out. Um, and what's it like working with a team and how do you kind of manage the different work styles of people? And, you know, some people are happy to have their headphones on and chug away and some people have to talk to, uh, talk to people and, and do that sort of thing, so... Yeah, that's um, it's it's really amazing having done the SK kind of uh, management y thing, and then going into this already formed team that's really growing. Um, it's I'm learning things. So, I'm learning so much working with Stirfire and the team that we work with. Um, I don't manage any of that stuff. I'm I'm um, not that person at all. But. Um, yeah, watching. I mean, for example, our lead programmer uh, who's sitting over there, actually, and our um, lead, our creative director. You know, they've been working together for a long time, so they know each other really well. And I, I think what's been really interesting is to observe. Yeah, sure, people that know each other and just know how each other work. That's going to come really naturally. But then you add a whole bunch of other people in the mix at different levels. It takes heaps of management, and um, where you know, <clears throat> at that point where things are growing and while the creative process is really fun and exciting, you still need to streamline it um, and there still needs to be systems in place, particularly if you've got a release date looming. Um, and so, yeah, that's a really important aspect of professional creative processes, which is um, where Stirfire is at at the moment. Um, so, yeah. How did that compare to doing... So how did that compare in comparison to, to like, SK sort of stuff? How did you... I mean, just you and Lou doing a lot of this and, and friends. I, I think the stakes were very different between the two places. So um, you can't compare. And what the, they wanted to achieve as well, like um, Lou uh, wanted to achieve and get to a completely different area. Um, I think with Stirfire, there's a lot more at stake as far as the people involved. There, there are people that love and, you know, love working there and... Uh, it's just two different things. They're completely different. I'm not sure. Um, but the creative, the, 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 
the passion is still there. I guess like you know the passion is equal in the both both places, but how it has to come out um, on the table, I guess, is yeah, really different. Yeah. Now, Hien, Oscar, you guys have done some really interesting work, especially in, in game jam sort of environments where you are kind of thrown together in a team to do that sort of thing. Um, how does that sort of compare to? I mean, I, Hien, I may be assuming here, but you probably work by yourself when you're doing your art stuff. Yes. It's probably not a collaborative process, but yeah, how does that compare working with other people when, when you're working to put something together for an event? Um, it's I for me personally, I'm not sure if it's if there's that much of a difference because what I do is I draw. So when I'm working in a game jam or something like that, um, so my role would be the artist. So I'm get given these instructions of hey, okay, so we need these things, and so now go ahead and draw them. So when I'm working by myself, instead of being given instruction, I would give myself instructions, but I would still end up doing the drawing myself. Um, so in both cases, I still need the discipline of, okay, I have a deadline, I have to meet that deadline, and here's how I'm going to meet that deadline. I do that every single time. And, you know, in whatever situation I end up doing, I still follow that process, just to keep myself on track. So for me personally, because the work I do in a team and the work I do by myself are so close together, there's not much of a difference. Oscar? Oscar. Um, I, I think I, I, I didn't really work with people at first and then when I started working with people I think the, the difference was just the surprise I felt that there wasn't you know you always feel like people are going to laugh if your abilities aren't up to scratch and you always think people are going to think you're a bit stupid and it's funny because it's not like that didn't happen. It's just like that didn't even once you you click with a group of people. It didn't. If it's the right group of people, it like that didn't even come up. So the people I work with, I think, are generally like we all just kind of know what we're good at and things. And I I kind of like that. It's like being in a family where you wouldn't tell like someone in your family that they're crap at something. And I don't know, that's the difference for me. Is just like that fear that like you're not as good as other people that and they're gonna like have to pick up the slack that kind of melts away if you're with the right people so is that something you want to do more of work in team stuff for your games or are you still very much yeah i like working in teams but i i'm still not sure what role i like to fill in those teams yet like you know i think i sort of just you know i'm a bit of a loud mouth and things so i usually kind of gravitate towards being some kind of leader you know, by force, usually. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like the idea of just like sitting back from that a little bit. And But yeah, I don't know. You mentioned there a little bit about, I guess, the fear of sort of shaping up and, and, and working on anything creative. It's always a bit daunting. You never know whether you're going to turn up and there's going to be no one at your panel at a five o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> session. And thankfully, there's some people here. Um, but yeah, it's always something that's a bit frightening. So that fear can often hold people back. How do you kind of get past that so that you can make sure you can make something drugs well I just saw the paramedics walk in and I was like oh, yeah. right. <laughs> that's why I thought of it it's a creative process <laughs> no, I don't know I mean no, but, uh, in all seriousness if there is some external thing where it be alcohol or something more illicit that you can use to kind of grease those gears and just kind of be at ease with other people as long as you're all drunk it's fine <laughs> I, oscar one of your influences behind world's fastest pizza was fat pizza the tv show yeah. and i thought that was great i never thought i'd ever hear a developer say i watched fat pizza and i thought yep that could be a game 
And then you made it. <laughs> Legendary. Thanks. Can I um, just... Oh, hang on, wait, sorry. Can I just add with the fear thing, like, that, that's, that's a valid, you know, answer. But I think also um, being with the right people that don't make you feel scared to... I, I'm still learning. The fear doesn't go away. But you've got to really work hard to put yourself out there. Um, and, yeah, when you're working with the right people, you shouldn't have those fears. Or at least when you have them, you can just those people can help you feel less scared. Um, yeah, there's, it doesn't go away. I don't, it hasn't gone away for me. Um, for me, the fear is definitely always a factor, especially when you're in creative field, you always doubt yourself. Um, but like Sophie said, uh, it's important to find people who, who you are comfortable with and who you trust to give you the right feedback as well. It's like, okay, you know that, well, you have some self-doubt that, okay, my, my stuff is not up to scratch. Maybe I'll ask somebody who is better than myself. Then that person who is better than you should be a person who is comfortable with giving you good feedback, but at the same time, not just like be so harsh and so objective that it destroys you. Like, for example, I come here, like I said, to do portfolio, portfolio reviews, and every single professional artist here when they see like people like me who come up to them, they know that, okay, this person probably kind of think that my work is better than theirs. Uh, yeah, than theirs. So I will give them advice that help them grow, but not necessarily make them stop doing art forever. So that's, that's kind of artwork, uh, that's kind of feedback is always really good. And I think you yourself also have to keep in mind that when you receive constructive criticism, be okay with feeling really bad, but know that this is for your own good as well. So look upon those and then improve, and then you'll be better. And then you, well, I guess you never stop having that fear, but it gets less and less, I get present in how you present yourself. I guess to sort of follow on from that, what sort of inspires you to keep going and keep making stuff, even if you're feeling a bit like, oh, I don't know if this is the world's best project in the world, or maybe I can't do this, or, you know, you have those doubts. What are some of the things you look at and you think, oh, I really want to do this because I can see this thing, or I really want to do this because of X? So, so Oscar, don't say alcohol again. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say drugs. Had enough maybe. of that. <laughs> um, for me personally, I, what inspires me is that I, I, I like being happy. <laughs> so I like happy endings. I like gentle stories where people don't die or queer people don't get killed or nothing bad happens because I like happy endings, please. <laughs> um, like, you know, the world is really bad at it is already. I don't want to consume media that makes me feel bad as well. So what I put out into the world is that things that make me happy, like, you know, dudes kissing, dudes embracing, dudes... Do I'd say dudes a lot, by the way. That's a lot of gay stuff that I'm doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just... What inspires me, what makes me happy. So... Happy, gentle things in the world that's not happy and gentle. Uh, what was the question? Yeah. What inspires you, Oscar? Uh, just the opposite of everything you said, man. I like <laughs> horrible things. Pauline <laughs> <laughs> Hansen. Lot, lots of things inspire me. And I don't mean that like, oh, I'm some great person, but like... Lots of things should inspire everyone, you know. I mean, no one got inspired by sitting around, like, their house all day just, you know, reading the same comics or playing the same games or listening to the same music. You should go out and do things. And I can't... 
I mean, you only have to look at, like, in video games, how many people will say, oh, what inspired this video game? And like, oh, well, this game I really liked, but I wanted it to be different in a way that I wanted, you know. So they were inspired by something they didn't really like. So I think that is something. I don't know how to finish that sentence. I guess something that inspires me. Just things. Just, just things and stuff. Well, start, well, like, go out and look at a lot of stuff and then be like, oh, okay, what doesn't exist and go and make that, you know. How about you, Soph? Uh, yeah, I um, from a from a games point of view, I guess uh, other people inspire me. Like the communities that I've been involved in in video games are so talented, and when I go and spend time with them and hear about what they're doing, or yeah, just hanging out, that, that I always come away from those experiences just going, oh, I've got to go do all these things. And um, sometimes I kind of wish I wasn't inspired because the list of like my list of creative things that I want to do is just exhausting and I just never do them but um it's still there the list is relevant but um yeah things that inspire me are yeah making people laugh or feel uncomfortable uh and their reactions I guess but um yeah in the games it's the people that are making games and the stories that are coming out and the courage um that people bring to the table with some of the stories they want to tell you talked a little bit about Hien. You talked a bit about being making things that make you happy. Yes. What what do you what's your ultimate goal in terms of your creative process? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in five years' time, Hien, ten years' time? God damn it, it's an interview. I'm not even you trying to get a, a job panel. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um Well, I don't really know. I, I would like to be independent in terms of publishing my comics. Because that where that that, that is where I get full complete creative control and that's where I get to choose what sort of happy things to put into the world um, to sort of I guess follow up on Oscars as well and to add to this question um, bad things also inspires me for example bad representations in terms of hey gay people are bad no they're fucking not sorry as war <laughs> so that sort of thing also inspires me to do better in terms of my representation like showcase that Hey, by the way, my existence is actually not really bad. Maybe you should check yourself. Something like that. So it would be nice to be in a position where I am able to put out things that affect people positively in the world. It's making me sound really like good at two shoes and stuff. I swear I do bad shit all the time. <laughs> You're illegally is... parked right now in the car park. I don't even drive and I have a car park. Yeah. That's what's <laughs> happening. There you go. What about you, Oscar? You've uh, you, you're taken a bit of a tack on your life. What, what would you be? Where would you like to be in you know that time? And what would you be happy with? I think as long as I'm not in exactly the same place, that would be enough for me. You know, mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean, how did I get there? That that might have been interesting. You know. Yeah, I mean. Sure, everything's about the journey. I mean, where I'm, where I am in five years' time, you said that like, well, that's that's the conclusion of yeah. that five years, but that's the beginning of another five years. Oh, look at me, I'm a Hallmark card. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Soph? What do you, you know? Where's where's your uh, I don't know your goals? Where you, where are you aiming for? Your five years. Your five year plan. Um. Well, I don't have a five year plan, and I don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I think. I'm going to contradict everything I've just said, but I, because I spend a lot of time working on other people's projects and their creative dreams, and I have input into those, but I have this really big list 
that um, is kind of scary of just little projects that I'd like to um, finish. So on a creative level, I would like to start finishing some of my own personal projects and um, being brave enough to actually like release them because I, I keep getting really close to finishing projects and um, I've got literally, I've, I've made this little like comic zine and I've got one page till I'm finished, but I haven't finished it because then I've got to actually let it go and then people might, I don't know, yeah. So that's why I want to finish some projects. That's my year, my plan this year and I will do it. Yes. So Johnny, what's the five-year plan for Pixel Sif? <laughs> Well, let me tell you, Mitch. I would like to I can, know look, it. I can pull up the spreadsheet if you want. We'll throw it up on the screen. I've got my, uh, my SWOT analysis, yeah, my strengths, weaknesses. I would draw the question. That's, I don't know. If, I yeah. think, I, you know, not to be too self-indulgent about all this sort of stuff. I think it's really interesting when the creator... Self-indulgent? Our logo is on the yeah. screen. Well, it's our show, so... Um, <laughs> I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> anyway... Yeah, I, I, I think with the creative stuff, for what, what really inspires me to do things is I find it very satisfying to take sort of every day and, and make things more complex and better than the last time. And I compare to where we were last year when we did this panel um, to the complexity of what we do now and the, the quality of the work. It's, it's I don't know, it just that gives me a lot of joy. And, uh, you know, I like kind of working forward in that sort of way. So, yeah, I it, for me, it doesn't really matter what I make as long as I'm making something. And as long as it's better than what I made last week in some way, then I'm pretty happy with that. So, agree, disagree? I don't know. Absolutely, I aim to learn Premiere. Yeah, Adobe Premiere next week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Good luck. What else? What else can we say about the creative process? I, I you know, I, 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 the one thing I, I always am, am curious to to ask is, well, you know. The, the, the sort of the stumbling blocks and stuff that we talk about when you're trying to, to, to go through this stuff is always really fascinating to me. Can you guys sort of, I guess, describe some, some times that you thought that maybe this could be something, maybe you should change direction, that it isn't, uh, you know, the right way and, and what you did to kind of get past that point? Um, that just every single time I draw a comic ever. It's just, you, well, you're getting on stage to do this. <laughs> bit late, bit late to... A little bit late now, that's good. Um, and yeah, it's it's every time you... Well, there's always a point where you get really excited at the beginning. Hey, this is a new idea. And you put it into action. And it's not exactly as you had imagined it. And that's the point where you start to question like, Oh, is something wrong? Should I change something? But usually, for me at that point, I would... Yes, I would come back and review everything. But I would also sort of trust myself to finish it off in the way that I had imagined it. Even if it's not exactly the way that I had imagined it originally, it will be something else that will surprise me. Like every single illustration that you've seen on the screen, there's always one point I could, I could remember that I'm like, this looks like crap. I shouldn't show this to other people. Um, but now it's on a TV screen. So I guess I got past that point somehow. Yeah. It's just me pushing forward and then just trusting in the process that hey it's everything is gonna fall into place if not I will have learned something so that's good that's um, trusting that you're gonna get to the right place I, I think I just want to acknowledge that pretty much like all the major creative things I did particularly with SK was all like it was planned there was a plan but I kind of just like used my intuition as well and um, and sometimes I'd like start the process and I'm like I don't know how I'm even gonna do this I've got an idea. How am I going to do this? It's got to happen. 
and then um, somehow st- things start going wrong. But I just like have faith and in my ability. I don't even know why, but it somehow and just it happens. And then it's there, and I'm like, that's not exactly how I wanted it, but oh my god, I love it. I, I don't even know actually what my point was there, but. It sounded inspirational. <laughs> Damn it. It sounded oh. Yeah, that's my creative process. No plan. But a plan and then the plan falling apart. And then it no, that's it. Having a plan, it falling apart and then it's still working out. That's that's my creative process. What about uh, you, Oscar? Yeah, every everyone who does anything creative, like anything, whether it's for their job, if they're just an architect, if they're doing anything other than just you know, just basic an architect mania is being, type. Yeah. No, no, I mean like someone who's doing mm. something creative as like a hobby or a job but anyone who's doing anything there's when you first start what you're making will be crap like Mm. it it will be you know and like everyone feels that way and if you if you kind of look at what you're doing and you're like oh I don't know if I should be doing this I don't know if this is the right way to be going that's a good sign because that means that you have pretty good standards and you have pretty good taste and you know what good is and you know that what you're producing now isn't very good or isn't up to your standards. And that's, to me, way more comforting than if you were started off and you're like, man, I'm just really good at this thing. Isn't that great? And you were putting out complete crap and you didn't realize. And, you know, I think like the important thing, and like you were saying, is just you just got to keep doing it. Just push through. And, you know, when you, when you first start out, you're still learning and learning requires routine and patience. And if you commit to that then you'll get through it and eventually your expectations will match your output so i think yeah don't give up (laughs) can you guys think of a few examples of um other people's sort of creative process that you're sort of inspired by or in awe of or you know other people who are working on things does it can be any anywhere um that you think that's that's the way to do it um i actually get pretty inspired by Oscar and he and I know that's cheesy I'm not doing this on purpose but I think like I love how Oscar uh, just like smashes out this hilarious idea and has the kind of balls to do it or just like does it anyway and it's always really entertaining and you just I don't know how I don't don't go home and get like I don't know you must spend a lot of time on that and then he and just like works his butt off uh, yeah creating this beautiful art because he just has to like that's he can't not do that and so I, I i find these two inspiring yeah that's my end that's actually a really good point and it sort of circle back so goes back to what you were saying before as well is that you there isn't like exactly one single creative process that i can point to and say hey this is what i kind of want to do and this is really this is what i want to imitate it's more about seeing how other people do it and getting inspired by their process to then make it to then start my process, I guess. Um, like, for example, Sophie, you're really nice. No, I, I really like you. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, well, no, don't, don't worry about that. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, just a whole pixel shift even. It's like, there's a million podcasts out there already and you guys still started it anyway and you got there. Yeah. So that's nice. Doing and I get anyway. inspired by that. Just do it anyway. There's a song about it, I think. I like Jeremy Clarkson's thought process. Well, not all of Jeremy Clarkson's thought processes. Well, you know, not Some all of them, them are a bit like... I like his mm. mood rooms. Huh? I like his mood rooms. He's got mood rooms, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm going to go that. build a mood room at home. I'll just like... Absolutely. Yeah, turf out the PlayStations and chuck a mood room in there. Yep. Put a few lava lamps or something. I don't know Premier. what a mood room is. Yeah. How about you, Oscar? What, what do, who do you look at and say, look, that's a, that's a really great process and I really love what they do and, and how they get to that point? Yeah. Um, this, this, this is just on my mind at the moment, but just I'm, the Gorillas and Damon Albarn. I'm just thinking of this because they just released a whole bunch of new music. But um, yeah, I just really like that. You know, it seems very casual, but also... Yeah, that I think there's there's not a fear to just throw things out or do things differently, and and they you know it's like a constantly evolving lineup of people and ideas and things. I really like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I, I think Damon Albarn once said it. He was like, I'd rather make the same thing in ten different ways than make ten different things in exactly the same way. You yeah. know, and I think I, I like that idea. That's, I mean, that's a good way to think about it. You know, we do for our stuff as well. We do the same thing every week. We do an episode every week, but we do it in 60 something different ways now that we've done that and put it together and things. So thanks, Damon Alban, for giving me a bit of validation about what I'm doing. Um, uh, if anyone has any questions or, you know, are working on things as well and maybe have ideas about their creative process, we'd love to hear from you as well. Just stick your hand up and we'll send Mitch over with the microphone and he will uh, point it in your face. So Jeez, good old. Take it up at once. Yes, everyone very excited for that. Um, what? I, I think the thing for me, the reason why we asked you guys on, because you all have very sort of different styles of, of working on things and um, the stuff that you make is, is really interesting and, and kind of different. Um, what I find sort of inspiring from what you guys do is that, yeah, like Hien, I've known you for a long time now. You do... Uh, comics art and all that sort of stuff and you've been part of this uh, other project that I run called the 24 hour comics day in Perth um, and yeah it's your drive to come along is really something really I find really inspiring so f- all the stuff that you work on is always really really interesting uh, and just yeah exactly it has that feeling where you're just like hmm, it's a bit weird um, but it sticks with you it sticks in your head and you're talking about it for ages and you know there's countless people that I have talked to around the world about the weird controllers uh, that you guys have made and, and weird games and interesting stuff. And Oscar, all of your stuff is just, I think it captures that Australian aesthetic perfectly. Um, and which for a lot, for a lot of people, um, you, you know, they're in the games industry. You know, there are Australian games out there who are made by Australian people, but there isn't huge amounts of games which really communicate that Australian experience as well. So, um yeah, there's more and more of that, and I think as it gets better and better and more developed, we'll see more and more different types of stories. Um, but that's something that I find really fascinating. So, we've got a question. Hi, as like as local creators, do you guys have any advice or any like not any knowledge of any events or like you know local scenes where like creative people can get involved in WA? Because I think we all know like Perth's pretty tiny and we have quite a small population of creative scene compared to other cities. So like. Do you guys know of any big names or you know regular events or areas which are like I guess best to try and get involved if you're an aspiring artist or game creator? So I'll just repeat that, guys, so you can hear that. Um, do you guys know of any events or anything that people can get involved with if they want to kind of find like-minded people and good places to to enjoy the sort of creative creative process? Maybe if you're in comics art, you should come check out the Twenty Four Hour Comic Day <laughs> first weekend in October. That would be my suggestion. All right, settle down. Um, yeah, I totally do. Uh, 
that there is um, is it games that you're interested in or and art, yeah. I mean, for, for, from games' point of view, it would be um, let's make games is a really good hub to just know what's going on in Perth because it's actually bigger than you think. Um, the community that's out there, uh, there's like co-working spaces around the place. Um, Play Up Perth um, is. Uh, have you heard of Play Up Perth? Yeah, um, and that's a good place to start because then you meet the people, the game jams that happen, obviously. Uh, but also just start your own as well. I mean, and if you get through some of the channels, even Pixel Sift and um, and Let's Make Games or whatever, uh, yeah, that you get the word out and start your own events because um, that's a good thing too. Uh, do you have any answer? Yeah. Um, in my experience, I got into the games community by volunteering for the first Perth Game Festival because the entire idea of Perth Game Festival is that everybody there sort of works for free in, well, the first year anyway, we would eventually like to be paid, <laughs> John. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's about sort of, this is what I really like. I want to give back to the community. So I volunteered to, for the first game festival. And then I showed up for level one. And then I showed up for all of the other things. And then from that, I got a connection to Got Your Stuff Fire. And then a connection to Let's Make Games. So I now do posters of the game festival, for example. Um, so that's on the game side. Uh, in terms of art, in terms of comic art, for example... These conventions, I say these, but there's only two, which is this one and Supernova, <laughs> where you can go and see professional artists and you bring your portfolio there and you ask them what they think. And that's how you improve first and foremost. Um, it's kind of hard in terms of comic art in Perth because there's only really one local publisher, which is Gestalt Comic. Um, but if you just keep on doing that, I've been showing up to Gestalt Comic for five years, at, like once a year, every single year at Oz Comic Con. And now they remember my face. They remember what my art looks like. Um, so just persistence is how you get that. And also, if you're interested in comic art, there is a comic um, network in Perth that, if you'd like, I can talk to you about afterwards as well. Yes. Oscar? How about you, Oscar? Um, I've, got to, I've got to list everything. Well, there is Play Up Perth which is like a game testing evening. It's once a... I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like I've always known you. <laughs> yeah, so there's Play Up Perth, which is like game testing, and it, it, that's kind of good because even if you aren't making games, you just show up and play other people's games and, and be like, you know, the backseat designer and be like, oh, it'd be better if you just changed it completely. And, you know. Um, so there's that. That's really good. That's on once a month up at the Nostalgia Box it's just up in Northbridge right um, then yeah just level one which is a co-working space so I, that costs money doesn't it does uh, not it? on, not on, on Thursdays Thurs not on Thursdays if you can't hear here um, and then oh man there's Let's Make Games is a group on Facebook and it's like the WA game making community hub thing um then just in general, I'm mad. I'm feeling a lot of pressure here. <laughs> like I have to rep the entire state. Um, what about all the music stuff you do, Oscar? Tell us how to make, uh, you know, music communities and things. It's like, what, what do you do for that? What? Your music stuff. You know, you're in a uh, band. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, form a band, <laughs> record a demo, and then go to a pub and be like, can we have a gig? That's how you do it. Okay. <laughs> this whole panel is turning into remind Oscar what he does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> forgotten about that. I just wanted to add, actually, I went to an event on Wednesday night. Um, it's a group called the Sad Girls Collective, 
um, who put on like women run events basically um, and it was poetry, music and art and zines and there was a like so they had a little section for the gallery space um, and they'd have a po- someone reading poetry and then someone playing music and it was like I think there's some a few interesting spaces that in, like incorporate a few different mediums and like you know styles and they're really interesting and there's a few of those around too anyway I, I just wanted to add quickly also just um, Twitter is also great and if you want to make yeah. anything and then just use hashtag like screenshot Saturday indie game indie, indie dev. dev game dev just tweet pictures or video or gifs or something of whatever you want and yeah I've, I've made a lot of friends through just Twitter and things so game Twitter is pretty robust and there's also like comic Twitter and a bunch yeah, of other sub, yeah. subgenres of that it's yeah we've got another question just over question. here yeah hi uh hello uh, I feel really bad. I've, Mitch has been waiting on me, um, but I don't have anything to say. I just want to hear my voice when I listen to this later. I can't hear. What, <laughs> what was that? He wanted to know what is the most important part about developing, in your opinion? Uh, developing games? Yes. Or any art? Okay. Uh, do you, you go well, to- uh, well, uh, Okay. Um, I guess the most important part is persistence because you just got to go get through it, you know? Maybe it, that's how you get things done. Get things yeah. done and persist is most important. Finish things and, and release them to people. That's like, no one, no one was ever like celebrated as a great artist for like a hundred unfinished paintings, you know? Not that it should be about being a great artist, but, you know, you, you don't... As much as you like to think, oh, look, oh, I started this project, I got two-thirds through it, and oh, I'm so much better now, I'm going to start something else and do it again, then, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess a, a, another thing I really want to add is it's really important to not be precious about what you're creating. Mm. Make sure that you're comfortable with just removing things. Mm. Like, okay, I, for example, I've learned th- this habit of I will make backups of my drawing, but I will not be afraid of erasing them. Mm. So it's like, okay, so I'm not being too precious about things because I know that I can do better than that. Yeah. Or at least I can recreate something that's different and that mm. will maybe actually will achieve my goal. So yeah. don't be afraid to throw out things and just persist. I want to add one too. Yes. Um, and your own personal integrity is pretty important too. I think if you're creating something, you should make it about you and your beliefs in some levels. I mean, no, I mean, you don't have to, but I think it's a good good way to go about things and on that note i think that's a very good place to leave it look can we get a round of applause for our uh, guests today Soph Mather, hien fam and oscar britton uh we have a weekly show we are on every week funnily enough with a weekly show yeah. um where we talk to a lot of people in the australian gaming industry also in new zealand so if you want to know more about the creative process and how that all kind of comes about uh listen into the show or hit up all of these guys they've got a uh, good uh, web presence they're on twitter all of them uh, we'll stick links into the uh, description of the show on the website which is pixelsift.com.au thank you very much for joining us see ya
Pixel Sift is proudly sponsored by Audible. Audible is the premier audiobook store where you can pick up great books from a stack of different authors and readers. One of the best things about audiobooks and podcasting is that you can get inside the minds of the people who make the things you enjoy, such as the comedian and actor Aziz Ansari, as he reads his book Modern Romance, where he digs into the way that people date in the 21st century, or Australian historian David Hunt, as he reads the unofficial history of Australia in his book Gert. If you're too busy to pick up a paperback, why not try a free audiobook on us? Head to www.audibletrial.com forward slash pixelsift to grab a free book from one of the 180,000 titles that you can choose. You can play them on anything that has a headphone port or a speaker, and you can support Pixelsift while you're at it. So that's audibletrial.com forward slash pixelsift. 